Hey friends, thanks for tuning in to Cup of Joy, the podcast. I'm your host, Heidi B, and on this show, we'll talk truth on tough topics to help you normalize and navigate the junk and invite you to choose epic joy on the daily. Because let's be honest, life gets to be a whole lot of both. We'll jam on beliefs, breakups, body image, and so much more to create breakthroughs and become the truest you. Like my mama B always says, put a smile on your face and joy in your heart. Let's start. Hey, 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 everybody. Welcome back to Cup of Joy, the podcast. I am really excited to bring an epic show to you guys today. Not only do we have one of our repeat experts, Karishma Dande, but she's a very good friend of mine, an amazing breathwork facilitator a coach, and so many, many more things. So in the spirit of um, giving a great introduction, I'm going to give you some background on her, even though I know her very well. So Karishma Dande is a breathwork coach. She started the Breathwork Society in order to help people heal through the power of their own breath and other somatic healing practices. She mental health awareness and access is the core part of her life and mission. She believes that everyone has the right to know how to heal themselves through preventative care. She recently quit her nine to five job to become a full-time breathwork coach. Yay! Being a first generation immigrant, she recognized that there were cultural constructs that were holding her back from living out her wildest dreams and now helps others to live their own empowered lives by breaking free of their own cultural standards, people-pleasing, perfectionism, and high-performing anxiety through breathwork. Natural medicine and Ayurveda were part of her cultural upbringing, and she loved it so much that she would unofficially give her friends and other family members advice on living a healthier life. This lifestyle and off-the-books mentoring taught her how to lead with her intuition and create individualized healing plans for her clients. One of her life goals is to get more diversity into the mental health space. Welcome, my friend. Hi, I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited to talk to you today. It's always fun to have friends on the podcast, but also this conversation is just going to be so juicy and something that I think not only have I not really been that out there about, but um, it sounds like this is kind of a topic that you've never talked about before either. So it's always exciting when it comes up and out into the universe for kind of the first time. So you guys, today we're going to talk about breakups and breathwork or breathwork and breakups, however you want to call it. This is becoming a theme in my life that I feel like I haven't talked about as much. I talk about my divorce once in a while here and there, but it's never really the star of the show. It's usually all my issues with food and body. And I've realized over the past, really just the past couple of weeks and or months that breakups are, and and losing love or being lost in love is probably the most painful experience that I've ever had in my entire life. And I just allow my food and body to trump that all the time because it's actually an easier conversation to have. Um, So you and I haven't even really talked about your breakups all that much here and there, right? And I've talked here and there about mine, but like taking a deeper dive today and really helping people understand that they're not alone if they've gone through heartache and heartbreak 
breakups in any capacity, um, the duration doesn't really matter. It's really like the pain that comes with losing love and losing touch with somebody. And um, we're going to kind of talk about our breakups, how we navigated through it, how we managed it in unhealthy ways, and how we know now how to navigate in a more healthier way. And Karishma is going to actually do Breathwork Live on the podcast with us uh, near the end of the session. So stick around. It's going to be an awesome conversation. I'm so glad that you're here to chat about this. I'm excited (laughs) to be here. (laughs) So Thinking back to maybe one of your most painful breakups, tell us a little bit in detail or in depth um, or vaguely, whatever you'd like to share on that. Kind of tell us, bring us back to what that looked like for you, what that felt like for you. Um, So when my relationship ended with this particular person, I felt like it was really open-ended, which is what brought in the pain. There was a lack of closure and we were actually together for almost 10 years and we were different religions at the core of what the issue was is that we were different religions we were dating in secret for so long and then you know people eventually started finding out because 10 years is a long time you know he moved away we were having like a long distance relationship And he would come back every now and again, but his parents were really strict. And he was actually the first and probably only guy that I have introduced to my parents. Like I really thought that he was the one and I held on to that for a really long time. Um, And even after the breakup, even though it felt like the end, you know, he would still message me once a year. And so, that went on for a little bit. So then I was still holding on to this hope, even like years after this ended, um, that something would happen and something would work out. And then eventually it, all the messages just stopped and I couldn't get a hold of him. And so then that just re-brought up all of the pain because I always looked forward to this like one time in the year. And so it went from like a 10 year relationship in a way in my head to like a 15 year relationship, which I just normalized in my life and made myself unavailable because I just didn't want to deal with the pain. It was like an extra, extra, extra long distance relationship where you just only communicated with each other once a year and then filled that hopeful part of you up. And then it just kind of distance, 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 distance until it it happened again. Yeah. And, and the reason that was so normal for me was because growing up, my parents were really strict. I wasn't allowed to hang out with boys. People weren't allowed to come over. I wasn't allowed to have sleepovers. It was like this whole thing where I just always felt like an outcast. So a lot of our, I say our generally um, with children of immigrants, it's this like taboo thing to date. Um, We had like long distance was a normal thing. We met each other on AIM or through friends, or we would meet like, you know, in family functions and then we would continue. And so like, if the internet never existed, if we didn't have MSN messenger or AOL messenger, like I doubt this relationship would have gone for as long as it did, but that's really where we, where we built. And so because that distance was already so commonplace for me, even when we were in school together, this like one year type of thing that I got was still validation 
and filling my cup up because it was like, that's just how our relationship was. Yeah. Yeah. Do you feel like, you know, cause my upbringing was so much different in the sense that it wasn't taboo to go to school dances and, and have dates and go on dates. Like once I hit seventh grade, it was allowed, like boys were allowed at my house. My parents would allow me to have boys over and they were definitely watchful and mindful and, and let me know what was okay and not okay. As far as like sexual type things and things like that, and honoring your church values and your family values and different things like that. But I never thought it was taboo. So for me, it was just like, my mom, let me have mom and dad, let me have guy friends and guy friends over. It wasn't a big deal, but it was almost the other extreme where I didn't want to do anything like quote unquote naughty with my partners, but they were instantly part of our family. Like if you started dating me, it was like within the first date, you're going to meet my parents and you're going to beat my sisters and you're going to know everything about me. And you're going to know everything that, that they like, and they're going to know everything that you like. And they're going to ask about like, they, my family's always been overly involved and inside of my life that there was like, they knew everything that was going on in the relationship. They were a part and extension of the relationship. And so any breakup that I ever went through, it wasn't just the one with my husband, my ex-husband. Now it was any relationship that I had from high school was my very first boyfriend for three years. I mean, I had this boyfriend and then I had another one and then there was another one in college and they were those always long-term relationships, but I felt like I was always looking for my mate. And so when I found one, I was like, this is the one I'm all in. And it was just like, it was almost the energy of that, of each relationship looking back felt like this urgency to get to marriage. And I feel like that's maybe where our parents did agree, not agree, but did saw things very similarly. Like your parents always have wanted you to be married, get married. That's at the core of every single thing that, that is created but go about it this way. And mine were like, okay, but we're all involved and then go about it this way. And I felt like I never really, I was just kind of always chasing the dream of marriage and the mate rather than actually like looking for love within myself, you know? No, so true. So true. And I, I really feel that just whatever culture you're from, that everyone thinks marriage is the solution to all problems like like, the countless amount of stories that I have heard in my household were like like I had a cousin who apparently had night terrors and my mom was like she got married and she doesn't have night terrors anymore like she's fixed she's healed and like that's just one example but like it went on like that forever and so like growing up in the in this household of where like marriage is the end all be all that's like the sign that you're settled not that you're like living alone like you're successful none of that mattered unless you had a man that you were married to mhm mhm uh and and ultimately our parents want us to be happy saved nourished successful all the things all the things that society deems acceptable for us because they want us to be loved like your parents love is like they know that nobody can ever love you the same as your, as, as your parents, but then you continue to go out and seek the love 
like your parents over and over and over and over again. Somebody explained to me the other day, we were having a conversation and she had said, did you ever realize that the majority of us pick our partners based on our pain? And that, that has blown my mind for the past three weeks. Yes. And not stop thinking about the fact that every time that I have committed to being in a relationship with someone, and this probably even goes outside of romantic relationships, if I think about it, right? But when it comes to our partners, we pick them based on how to fulfill our needs, our pain, because we haven't yet figured out how to nourish. And I'm not talking about food, you guys. I'm talking about emotional nourishment. It's like feeling enough, feeling good, believing in ourselves, having the confidence, having the connection within ourselves and all the things, having the significance. So we're not seeking out in our job and everywhere else and money and all these other things. And it truly, truly, truly was not until I lost the biggest relationship in my life fell to the floor and just laid in my pain for months, for months that I, that I realized that the only way for me to actually find purpose, find love, find connection, find significance was to give it to myself. And I'm telling you, once I did that, I started attracting the type of friends, the type of mate, the type of everything that, that I needed that I wanted, not that I needed, that I wanted because I finally wanted myself. I finally loved myself. I finally felt like enough within myself. But I, I know now that before I was literally picking based on my pain points. Oh, I, I think I need this. I'll go for that guy. I think I need this. I think I'll go for that guy. I think I need this and, and so on and so forth. And then you just keep repeating the cycle over and over and over again. Yeah. Or, I mean, I love that quote. That's amazing. Or like we're trauma bonding, right? Like I, this relationship, when I like think about it, we, all the things that we had in common were traumatic experiences of us growing up in this household. And so we found comfort in that. Like we found that who else would understand this besides you, you know, and our love for each other grew based off of the trauma that we had, that we had gone, gone through. And I really think because of that, as a couple, we were always in this like lower vibrating energy all the time. Like we were always like, whenever we would feel disconnected from each other, we would go back into another traumatic event or experience or you know, the thing, if we like, didn't talk for a long time, but then I went in and like checked on him or, you know, something, he would always tell me about something really depressing happening in his life. And at that time I was also, you know, depressed a little bit. And so I could, I would pull on that and make that the stronger focus in order to feel like so much closer to him. Wow. That is so true. It's, what is that? That's uh, just like, where can I find the most connection with you? And sometimes we don't realize that the most connection we have with somebody is actually in the places that don't support us, in the, in the pain points that we actually need to navigate on our own. But we're like, oh, 
Are you miserable too over here? Let's both be miserable together instead of like, let's both grow together, right? Like, I love that I'm, I met you, became one of my best friends. I met you in our healing process and our transformation process. And it was so cool because it wasn't actually about like, let's just all just not love life together. Yeah. That sounds amazing. And I actually was, was doing a bit of research for, uh, for the program that I'm putting together in the new year, which is going to focus around women with breakups, women who feel like they're alone, women who, who feel like they've been doing life alone. Even if you have a partner, you and I kind of talked about this yesterday, even if you have a partner, sometimes you don't feel fulfilled or you don't have a purpose and you still feel really, really alone. It's like, I don't know where to go next. And when I was doing a little bit of research out there, I was kind of clicking on like singles groups and divorced women groups. And I realized that the majority of the groups out there are bitch fests. They're yeah. just there to drop in all of the, all of the hate and all of the anger and all of the pain. And there's nothing wrong with feeling our emotions and sitting in the shit. That's what we call it. You know, <laughs> the professional term in coaching is like, you need to sit in your shit, right? Like you need to just like sit with it and feel it and move through it. And we're going to talk about breath work in a minute, but there's a difference between just like dumping and continuing to fuel the parts that are not healthy and what we did was we joined a group that we were like, we are going to learn how to really move through the emotions in a healthy patterning, be the solution, be part of the solution and decide what my life is going to look like and keep feeding that energy every day. I'm going to feed that energy, even though I'm in the process of becoming that version of me. I'm not there yet. I'm still pretty messed up and heartbroken and messed up, meaning, you know, just like feeling all a mess inside and in my head. Um, and instead of, instead of sitting in all of that, which was a lot of the friendships that I had before I met you, uh, we went the other direction and we spent Saturdays, like having coffee at the restaurant for four hours and turning into lunch and then taking bike rides and like pushing the edges of our, our own love for ourselves versus the loathing of our lives, you know, the hating of our lives. And I love that we were able to grow in that way together. And I don't think very many people have that type of a setting to flourish and be nourished in. And that's really, really what I want to provide is that space other than these hate spaces, which are just like, it's their, their victim, their, their, their victim groups, right? Like I lived in the victim mentality after my divorce for so long, where it was like, poor me, poor me, poor me. He didn't want to be with me anymore. And now I'm just like, it was like, I wanted to hold on to that pain to get the, meet the need of the love that I needed. Like I need love. So if I just play the victim longer, other people will tell me how good I am and how loved I am and how much better him, better than him I am. And it became a competition with myself and my heart instead of just owning up that I was part of that relationship as well. And now I get to own up to healing it. Yeah, I think that's beautiful. And your program sounds amazing. And I can't wait to see what you're going to do and how you're going to heal these women who feel lonely in their relationships and after big heartbreaks. But I also feel like, you know, before that time, I couldn't even imagine what it would be like to source joy 
to source happiness. And I feel like the reason like these hate groups and victim mentality exists so much is because it's our only way of feeling. And if we don't feel anything, we completely dissociate, which also has happened to a lot of people. And then, you know, they're suppressing their emotions and then it starts like a whole other journey when you don't really feel supported at all. And I remember like being on this victim train and I would talk about him all the time and I would cry, like, like all I would talk about. And my friend's like, Krishma, I'm not gonna hang out with you if this is all we're gonna talk about. Like you have to stop talking about him in front of me. And I thought that was really harsh. But then that started this whole process of disassociating. Like, then I was just like, okay, well, I'm not going to feel at all. I'm just going to walk through life numb because I didn't feel like her saying that to me was like, you're not really my support system because you're not really supporting me or guiding me or helping me to get out of this. And to me, talking about it is what's helping. And so you're not going to support me in that way. Like, I still want you to be my friend, you know, like I didn't want to lose friends when I was at my lowest point. Like I still wanted to have people around me. So that was just a whole other, like it started a whole other path once that happened. Like I, and I didn't know where to turn. So I feel like I'm so happy that you're launching this program because it's something that I would have wanted while I was going through this. And I'm going to play the devil's advocate on this too, because I feel like I had a lot of people asking me all the time how I was, how are you? Do you want to talk about him? Like not, do you want to talk? Do you want to talk about him? Do you want to talk about it? Do you want to talk about the, and I was like, no. And when I'm realizing now that we've gone through such a massive healing journey that I didn't need to necessarily talk about it or him, but I did need to process it, which is the power of breath. There are no words. There's just breath. And the breath provides this backup of emotionality to just move through the tears and the anger and the pain and the heartache and all the things without even having to talk about it at all, at all. And the other part of it is, so I love that we have that part of it. The other part is that we always say this, right? What we focus on expands. Yeah. So what your friend is, was actually trying to say, hopefully I'm, I'm assuming in a really loving way without even knowing it, right? Was, Hey, let's focus on you. Let's focus on everything else. That's going to make your life better. And it's not this over here. It's not this thing over here. The more energy and attention that we give to the things that are not serving us, the more distracted we get from our own progress. And that doesn't mean like pretending that everything's all okay okay when you're not okay. That's just spiritually bypassing. That's just like scooting over the fact that you're in pain and putting a mask on and pretending that everything's fine, which that's how I handled my breakup at first. Like, do you want to talk about how we handled our our breakups? Because let's get real. People want to hear like, oh, I guess you guys just have it all figured out and you breathe all the time. But at these two pivotal points in our lives, like, we did not use breath, right? We didn't even know what it was. Yeah, I didn't know what breath work was. I didn't know what coaching was. I didn't know what it meant to have supportive friends because all of my friends were just like, let's go get drunk, which, you know, obviously later you learn like you're externalizing. Like now I don't drink at all because I realized that I was externalizing, like having fun, making friends, 
creating love and connection, all I was depending on drinking and weed to give that to me. And Mm -hmm. at one point it just wasn't enough. But other than that, I was just like always crying, always sad. I was still in college at the time. So I had basically failed my semester and you literally had to drag me out of bed to do anything. Mm -hmm. Um, I would be in there for like days at a time with just sad music all the time. And I feel like I had so many questions. Like I was like, if I had done this differently, if we had done this thing better, if we had just been a secret for longer, if we, you know, like I had all of these spiraling thoughts that I couldn't get out of and it never stopped. It never stopped. And it's just like the constant like coulda, shoulda, woulda, what ifs, what ifs, what ifs, what if like uh, even again outside of love when we do the coulda, shoulda, woulda's, what ifs, what ifs, what ifs, we're we're just sending more pain and paralyzing moments into our life, right? Oh yeah. Oh yeah, totally. And I feel like everyone, all of my friends who are like, yeah, let's just go get drunk. Like that would end up in a mess. Like I would just end up crying a ball on the ground. And then my friend is like, you know, picking me up and dragging me home, which is not pretty either. You know, like, I think we just look for shortcuts to heal and that's just not the way it works. Mm, So many shortcuts, so many shortcuts. Ugh, I, I can totally relate and own up to the fact that as soon as I separated and had my own place, the only thing that really got me up out of bed was knowing that I had to pay my very expensive bill to continue living on the beach in the state of California. And in my whole ego, there was no way that she was going to admit defeat. She was just like, no, F you, go ahead and live your life, Mr. Whatever, you know, like, fine. You want to go, you go, but I'm going to show you, I'm going to show you, I'm going to have a better body. I'm going to have a better life. I'm going to live on the beach. I'm going to be amazing. I'm going to be amazing by myself. Just watch me go. And so in or, in order to feed my ego, I needed to continue making six figures, which was at my nine to five job. And I couldn't just not show up to that. Like I couldn't, I couldn't just fail my classes and like leave that all behind. It was It was not an option for me. It was either go home and live in my parents' basement and be stuck there forever, which was, would have been a lie. It would have been fine, but, or like make it work. So I would wake up and I would wake up hungover every single day after drinking a whole bottle of wine, sometimes two and eating a whole pizza by myself the night before. This was pretty much every single night, Monday through Friday. And then I would drink enough water to let in like shower it off, get myself together, and then then cry all the way to work to the tunes that you're talking about. Because at that point, we had been together for 11 years, and I could not listen to the radio without one fucking song. Every song was him. Every single song. There, like I literally started listening to the Christian station again, twofold, probably for that spirituality piece, like, dear God, help me. Like, I, I literally need something higher than myself to get out of this. Right. And every song reminds me of him. Church songs never did because he never wanted to go to church. So it was like, fine. But then I would get to work and I would mask it. I would like be as strong as I could be all day long. Talk to everybody, be social, blah, 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 be happy. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. Go on Tinder. I'd be like, hook me up with my next Tinder date to all of my coworkers, make it a game, make it, make light of it basically. And then the second that I got in my car at five o'clock every night, 
just cry my way home and then call the pizza guy, grab the next bottle of wine, do it all again, do it all again every day. And then when the weekend hit, when the weekend hit, I would just call my neighbors who lived in the apartment complex with me. And the only thing that would get me out of bed was brunch. So we would just get up, get drunk all weekend, party, hardy, hardy, and forget about life because there, I didn't want to think anything. I didn't want to feel anything. I didn't want to process anything because everything just felt painful. So numb yourself, numb yourself as much as possible, you know? Yeah. And I feel like creating that alternate persona, like I did the same thing where I was just like, yeah, I have one night stands and yeah, I date every single person because I just feel like when you're in that mindset and when you are also somebody who's always been looking for a relationship because marriage is the end all be all thing, Mm. all you want is another relationship when the other one ends, even when you don't feel healed. So you're like looking for that next person that you can re-trauma bond with who has maybe gone through like a similar experience so that way you can have that same thing. And if you don't get that, then you're like, yeah, I do one night stands and I'm free and I'm whatever. And I express myself and I'm an independent woman. And like, I feel like I created a whole different persona who wasn't really me at my soul level. Oh yeah. I remember there were like four outfits that I would wear. And when that, like one of them included a leather jacket and that one was just like, you know, I can laugh about it now. And I still have a leather jacket that I like wearing, you know, but you can only imagine in the girl that you always see in like leggings and workout clothes, right? Just like, here we go. Leather pants, leather jacket. Look at me now. And like, just like all the things that I tried to do to make myself attractive to other people or appear to be different. Like I'm just going to be different now. And, and that's just kind of how it was. All right. So what do you feel like when you were going through everything like this, what do you feel like you actually were looking for? What did you need the most? I feel like I was just looking for acceptance. Like, I feel like I had been an outcast for so long and then I would find people that I would really relate to like this guy. And then I felt accepted by him. And then that was enough, but I always felt different from everybody. I always felt like the outcast and that like, nobody really wanted to listen to me. So I guess I was looking for just really self-acceptance. Obviously I was rejecting myself, wasn't even accepting myself and believing what everybody else said around me and projecting that on myself and also I never felt heard like I never felt heard growing up I never felt heard amongst my peers so I feel like I wasn't really even listening to myself so I think those two things is what I was looking for yeah I it's ironic because I uh, the first thing that comes to my mind is I was craving attention like craving so much attention like like you said like see me see me hear me hear me But I did have people in my life that were trying to get me to share and be seen and be heard. And so there was just this block of like, but at the same time, I don't want you to see me in this way. I don't want you to see me in my pain. I don't want you to see me like this. I only want you to see me like this, happy and fun and adventurous and crazy and sexy. Like, I only want you to see the good parts of me that I think are the good parts, but I needed to be seen and accepted, acceptance um, in all parts of me. And I know that now, 
and I've yeah. accepted all parts of me now and they pop up from time to time. I'm certainly a far from perfect and far from having all of it figured out. And I know that I'll be continuing to practice more and more acceptance, love connection with myself for the rest of my life. Like this is a life practice and a life commitment. Once you learn the secrets of happiness and, um, bliss and peace and calm and all the things, they all are just part of the big package of life. But once you learn how to go about doing that in a healthy way, it gets a lot simpler. Like it just gets simpler. Yeah. I mean, I think so much of it is we run away from the feeling of pain. We feel like that's bad, that we're not allowed to feel it. But as we grow and transform we're learning that increasing our capacity for pain is really so beautiful and it's really about a part of our human experience and there's so many lessons to be heard in pain if we're willing to listen to it ah mm. oh, so good so good so i know one of the things that you and i both discussed earlier too was beyond acceptance it was like when you're going through a really painful time in your life like breakup or a heartache and heartbreak you just want to make everything stop like yes. you want the noise to stop you want the doubt to stop you want the thoughts to stop you want the judgment from from others and the judgment from yourself and the lack and the confusion and the chaos and the sadness and the anger, like you literally just want it all to stop. And that's why we were turning to numbing agents, food, alcohol, sex, partying, blah, 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 all the things. It's like, if I'll just distract myself with all this stuff and then I'll be numb and I won't have to feel anything, but all you really want is just to feel peace. Yes, peace, to choose peace and to be at peace. I would have mm. killed... I would have killed to just have firstly known that pain wasn't bad. Yeah. Like that pain is not a bad feeling and it's not bad to feel that just like anger isn't bad to feel like we each have the right to feel how we want to feel. And I feel like I never gave myself that permission, but then also to let peace coexist. Like I wish that I knew that two distinctly different emotions could exist in my body at once peace and pain they both get to exist yes. anger and love they both get to exist you know so i just really wish that i had known that then yeah i feel like that is pretty much our mission today is we want everybody listening to understand that you don't have to choose just one you don't have to say, how long do I have to sit in this pain before I move on to peace or bliss or joy? You actually are allowed to switch lanes whenever you need and feel them both at once. You get to feel yes. them both at once. And, you know, one is going to probably be felt stronger and bigger in your body like calling for attention, but you are allowed, you are permissioned to have all of it, to be yes. angry about it and, and enjoy the time with your family over the holidays. You know, I felt like, yeah. how am I, I guess I shouldn't be happy because 
my significant other isn't here for the first time, I guess I should just be sad for the holidays. I've just lost someone. I'm grieving. I'm in mourning. I guess I should just act the part of sad all the time. And the fact was, is like, there were so many things that brought me joy during the holidays, but I almost felt bad for feeling those things. Like, no, we're supposed to be sad right now. We should probably be sad for, you know, the next two and a half years. And then when that expires, then maybe we'll be allowed to let a little bit of the lightness in. And so they get to be experienced together. I'm really glad that you brought that up. Yes. Yes. And it's such a blessing. It's such a blessing. And I feel like we don't look at it like that at all especially when we're going through it and being emotional, being an emotional being is such a blessing in whatever capacity that is crying all the time, being hurt, angry, frustrated, annoyed. It all is valid and it all gets to be here with us. Mm. So with that, I, love breath work because if you're feeling a bunch of things that you don't really want to carry anymore in a few minutes, seven minutes, 17 minutes, 70 minutes, seven hours, you can breathe for a really long time if you're, if you're willing and open, but just depending on what you're trying to get to the heart of and move that day, you can expand your capacity to just release and open up areas for what you do desire to be felt to, to be the, be the primary focus. So I've really felt like there's days where it's kind of like in the old exercise days, I'd be like, Oh, I don't really want to go to the gym today. I have days like that with breath work, but every time that I do it, something moves and then I'm lighter. I'm more free or sometimes I'm just like more peace or more calm, always more calm. I mean, usually nine times out of 10, more calm and peace, but there's also a lot of things that Can you talk a little bit about what happens in breath work and, you know, why we unlock things when we're breathing? Yeah. So a lot of times we have things that are trapped in our subconscious that we have no idea about and it resonates in our body. Our body creates like tense places where it holds these emotional things that we're constantly thinking about in our subconscious and it just gets trapped in our body. So similar to how like when you fall off of a bike and you get a cut and that cut heals on your skin, this is the same thing that happens for us with traumatic moments, painful moments. We get a cut on the inside of our body and the inside of our body just wants to heal. But the longer we disconnect from it, the longer we don't pay attention to it, the longer we ignore it, we're just pouring salt on that wound. So it continues to be open and not heal. So breathwork allows you to really go into your subconscious, get into your body and start healing the wounds and the cuts that still live within your body. Mm. And sometimes we don't even know what those are. We think it's going to be this one thing over here. Okay. I'm going to go, I'm going to go heal from this thing today that happened over here in my life. And then we get in there and the subconscious mind just breathes into another wound that we don't know and allows us to process through that one, which still makes us feel a lot lighter. So 
I love this modality and I'm so excited that you're going to share some of that with us today to help people navigate whatever it is that they're feeling today to cultivate a little bit more peace. Yes, I'm so excited to be sharing it with you. Beautiful, beautiful. Well, whenever you're ready, go ahead and just take us through your process and um, I'll be along for the ride. I'm just going to breathe with you and take it all in. All right, perfect. So today is all about choosing peace, going from pain to peace. And so just to start, let's just close our eyes and put our hands on our heart. And just starting with a little bit of grounding, meaning looking into your body, where in your body do you feel you know, agitated, frustrated, painful, and just really turning all of your thoughts, your whole mind to those areas and just feeling into your heartbeat as you start to focus on these areas. Every emotion that we have has an associated heartbeat. And just doing a body scan starting from the crown to the throat, to the chest. To the to your legs, to your feet. And just noticing where in your body you feel the pain, where in your body you feel the peace. And focusing all of your thoughts, all of your thoughts on saying to yourself, I love you. I'm here for you. I love you. I'm here for you. I love you. I'm here for you. And today we're going to do the halo active breath pattern. It's just an inhale through the nose and an exhale through the mouth. And we're just going to slow our systems down so we can really feel into the peaceful parts of us. And the mantra we're going to use is I choose to feel at peace. I choose to feel at peace. And really feel into where you feel that's true in your body. These are the places that we want to expand on, to focus on as we do this breathwork exercise. So when you're ready, we can begin this breath pattern together. That's it, just feeling into the breath, focusing all of your thoughts 
on your belly rising and falling with every inhale and every exhale. Focus on what your thoughts are saying to you in this moment. Maybe it's that you've never done something like this before, that this feels weird, that you're crazy for engaging in this activity. But at the same time, I want you to notice how your body is feeling. What is your body saying to you in this moment? And just imagine yourself in a movie theater where the movie that you're watching is every single thought that's happening. What would be displaying on the screen what would be showing up for you? What is the movie that's playing? And you are just an observer sitting in a chair watching this movie playing out on the screen. How freeing is it to know that you are not your thoughts? You are not stories you are not even the beliefs that are being displayed on the movie screen you are choosing in this moment to feel at peace your aliveness maybe your fingers are feeling a little bit numb or you're feeling lightheaded as you continue to breathe look at that and think wow how amazing is it to be alive is it to be human supported my love what is it that you want to leave behind today
How's your breathing? Just take a minute here and feel into what a peaceful day would look like for you. If your soul was at peace, your thoughts were at peace, your anxiety was at peace, what would be different about your days? feeling into that vibration and on the next exhale just letting out an audible sigh <sighs> and feeling how good it feels to release all the energy from your body <sighs> and letting it all go your body if that's something that feels good as you continue to breathe stretching out the places that feel tight and when you're ready just coming back to your normal breathing position letting go of the breath feeling the surface below you holding you supporting you I choose to feel at peace and when you're ready just bringing your hands up to your heart feeling into your aliveness into your humanness and just noticing what's different from your first heartbeat to now. When you're ready, just slowly opening your eyes, coming back, and just embracing yourself and hugging yourself just feeling how good it feels to be there for you, to be supported by you, to be loved by you, to be held by you. Because you are the key, my love, to choosing peace every single day, every single moment. Thank you for joining me on this breathwork journey and allowing me to show up and serve you in this way. I hope you find peace within yourself. Beautiful. Thank you so much for that. You're welcome. You know, our listeners cannot see me, but um I was doing the whole practice with you and it just is so nice to just be held and guided and then let the body do the work. And yes. I love how you started with 
you know, feel your heartbeat. And my heartbeat kind of felt like a bit rapid and kind of in my head and all the things and buzzing a bit. And when I came back at the end, it was just really so much lighter, so much more open in just a short amount of time. We just forget that just checking in and permissioning peace with that in- intention, what a beautiful intention is sometimes all we need. Totally. Yes. Ah, oh, that was amazing. Thank you so much. And I know that you have a really, really beautiful space for people to expand into more of this peace for themselves. So I'd love for you to tell them about the things that are coming up in your world and how they can make um, your space more a part of their human experience. Yeah. So I have a few things. I am launching a membership um, platform where I'll be doing breath work at least twice a month live with you with different themes. Um, and I also have a cup of joy offer for a one-to-one session for 30% off when you use cup of joy, um, on checkout, if you want to, you know, have a more personalized experience and have a theme really catered to what you're going through in this moment. Ah, thank you so much for that. You guys, this is going to be a beautiful space an amazing community. She's got an app coming with it and so many journeys and so many bonuses and referral programs like that. It's just, it's, it's epic and you're going to want to be a part of it. Um, also just on the spot, take advantage of this 30% off deal with Karishma because um, she's really, really good at what she does here. And she is probably one of the biggest reasons why I trusted breath work in my own body. Um, she knows, but I'll just do a personal share here that when I started breath work, I hated it. And I thought I was doing her a personal favor by helping her fulfill her hours, um, in her training hours. And I was like, go ahead. I mean, you can breathe me, but it was such a beautiful gift to be held in her energy. She has a way of nourishing and supporting people that not all facilitators that I've worked with um, or been breathed by have. So take advantage of that deal. Uh, Go out and find her. And Krishma, I just want to close the podcast with the two questions I ask everybody on every episode. And that is what do you love most about yourself? I love that I find a joke in everything and I'm always laughing. And also to, you know, bring this like peaceful energy to people. I always say like peace is my energetic imprint on the world. Like yours is joy. And I love that I get to transmute that and share that with everyone. Mm, I love that about you too. I feel like our friendship is like a perfect yin and yang where I am like this on one energy scale a lot and you're on the other and somehow the universe was like you need each other you get to you get to have each other as part of your lives to find this beautiful balance in your human experience and so i'm just so grateful for you in so many ways um and then the last question is what does joy feel like joy feels like you're excited for every moment 
and you're not trying to control it like joy I've, if I've learned anything is not a controllable experience at all and we try to control it we're like happiness is my outcome and you're like trying to look for it and control it and joy is really about ease and um, just going with the flow and trusting that everything is happening for you in perfect timing and really leaning into that feeling of excitement. Mm, yes, 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 yes. Thank you for that. Thank you for your genius. Thank you for your gifts. Thank you for your shares and vulnerability today. You're just such a beautiful soul sister and I adore you so much. I can't wait for our next chat. Thanks for coming. Yes. Thank you for having me. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you love what you heard, please take a quick second to screenshot this episode and share it with someone that you know would love it. Connecting with you brings sunshine to my soul. So let's continue the conversation on Instagram at joyfullybe. Drop me a message, question, or share your own junk to joy story with me. Remember that joy is contagious. You can help me spread it by leaving a little buzz, aka a review, on Apple Podcast. To learn more about Cup of Joy, the podcast, and my soulful services, visit cupofjoythepodcast.com. Chat soon.